Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Hockey Royalty Podcast. I'm sure as you can tell by the name, this is an L.A. Kings podcast. As a matter of fact, it is the unofficial podcast of RinkRoyalty.com. I'm your host, Scott Kinville, and I want to bring in my teammates for this smorgasbord of L.A. Kings fun and info right along with us. So I got Ryan Sykes first. Ryan, how you doing? Hey, how's it going, guys? Excellent. Excellent. Where are you calling us from? I'm in Chicago. It's not. It's just a little warm there, isn't it? Uh, about yeah, minus ten degrees here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in upstate New York. I guess I got lucky. We're at fifteen. So <laughs> okay, man, bring out the shorts. <laughs> yeah, right. Suntan <laughs> lotion too. <laughs> Up next, we got Ryan Cowley. Ryan, what's going on? Uh, uh, not too much, Scott. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Everyone, uh, it's great to be here. So, you know, I got to tell you guys, though, this might get a little confusing. We got two Ryans on the show. So somebody's going to have to get a nickname. Uh, so, I've, already, I've already given myself one on the screen. It's the Jared Anderson Dolan fan club. It's awful long, though. So we'll just it call is. you Jad. How's that sound? The Jad fan club. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> All right. Because I was actually thinking, you know, every time I see Ryan Cowley's articles on Rink Royalty, I think to myself, I, uh, for some reason, that Ozzy song, Mr. Crowley, pops into my head. So, oh, yeah, that's you know, right. Mr. Crowley. Nice. <laughs> but no, we'll stick with Jad Fan Club. How's that? Sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> All right. And the other teammate we got on board today, Mr. Russell Morgan. What's going on, Russell? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you guys doing today? Not too bad. Not too bad. Everybody got your beverages of choice in hand? Got them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All got right. A nice little know, in my hand nice... right here. What do you got? Got a nice Modelo. Nice, nice. Atta boy. All right. I got a nice ice cold, the bat blue light ready to go. And I tell you what, guys, why don't we get this going? All right. So, our LA Kings Tuesday night with a nice four to nothing win over the Minnesota Wild at the Stapler. The bottom six was especially dominant, and the defensive core was clicking on all cylinders. But the star of the show was Jonathan Quick, who was the man of the hour, recording his 53rd career shutout. Quick has been a hot topic of conversation lately on rinkroyalty.com with articles like three Jonathan Quick trades with the Penguins, the case to keep Jonathan Quick on the team, and for last but not least, shutout proves Quick not going away quietly. So what do we guys think? Do we think that uh, Quickie is back? Has he turned a corner? Or should we temper our expectations a little bit? Why don't we go with the Jed fan club first? <laughs> Me first? Yeah. Uh... You know, that's a, that's a tough call. He played really, really well last night. 
he also had a couple of big saves in front of him. Uh, most notably was probably the Mikey Anderson save on the wraparound. Uh, I think it was Kevin Fiala trying to come around and score, and he stopped it. Uh, but he came up big and made all the stops that he needed to. So I was happy that he he got the shutout. Oh, absolutely. You know, he looked like the Jonathan Quick of old. He he really did. So, so Russell, did did you get to see it? What you what you think? Oh yeah, uh, Quickie's an interesting one. I mean, you got what three more years left of the contract? What close to six mil? Cal Peterson. Yeah, five mil. He's been. Yeah, he's been playing pretty well. So, I mean, he's going to probably be an expensive backup just for the time being. As far as trades go, uh, that'll be kind of a hard one. But if he keeps performing like the way he does, like last night, that's it'll be an easy sell. Yeah, it could very well be. What do you think, Ryan? Uh, um, you know what? Like, like I was very impressed with his performance last night, uh, Quicks. Uh, but, uh, 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 but, but at the same time, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying he's back just yet because, like, like, um, um, if there's one thing we know from John the Quick through all these years is that, like, uh, 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 uh basically when the pressure's on, um, he's really been known to step up his game, and last night was, was, um, no exception. Um, um, and I was talking to you earlier before we went went on air, Scott, uh, uh, about, like, how um, even just a couple days earlier, I wrote how, like, uh, Cal Peterson is the clear-cut starter, and then you're watching last night, period up period, like, shift up shift thinking, oh, man, I'm really eating my words now. <laughs> hey, listen, we thank you for motivating him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah hard he, he read it. and He, he read it, took college. it to heart, absolutely. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, would you guys say that aside from maybe the San Jose game, that was arguably their best first period of the year? Oh, oh yeah, no question. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the, the, the thing that stood out, they were playing with confidence last night. You yeah, know, they, had, they had just the one goal to show for it, but they were utterly dominant in the forecheck. They were aggressive. They came out with a purpose. You know, I was a little bit nervous uh, thinking they were going to – come out similar to the Anaheim game and just not show up at all. Yeah. But they brought it. They brought oh, it they all night. Uh, no, no. Uh, uh, and what impressed me most actually wasn't wasn't the first period, uh, but rather the second because, like, the, the, the first few minutes, the Wilds had a bit of an onslaught. And you thought, uh, like, oh, man, they had a good first period. Uh, they're kind of going to decline now. Uh, uh, but to the Kings' tremendous credit, uh, 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 after about five minutes in, like, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, sorry, excuse me. Uh, the uh, the momentum started to uh, shift back in the Kings' favor. So, yeah, you know. And you know, know the thing is, too, they never let off the gas. That was, I mean, Minnesota no, had didn't. their pushes. They had their pushes, but you know, throughout this season, you you watch the Kings, and you kind of think that at some point the piano is going to fall right out of the sky. Yeah. Right. For w- yeah. whatever reason it was, last night did not have that feeling at all. Ooh. Well, you know, even, even uh, Todd McClellan said it in the post-game presser. You know, he said that third goal gave everyone a huge boost of confidence and just kind of settled everyone down. Because, I mean, I don't think I'm alone here. I think we we're all kind of expecting the Wild to at least maybe pull within a goal, if not tie it up, you know. Yeah, sure. That's what they've done in the previous four games against us. Absolutely. Right. And, I mean, it, we're kind of fortunate in the regard that the Wild hadn't played in a while and they're still a little bit shorthanded. But even still. You got to win the games. You got to win, and that's exactly what the Kings did last night. Now, Russell, you talked. You touched on something very interesting. I, I do want to talk about in the regards of a, a trade of Jonathan Quick. Now, me personally, I think it would be a mistake to trade him at any point this season, unless it was a, you know, blow their socks off. They can't refuse offer. Now, I understand that he's got three seasons left after this season, and it's a five point eight million AAV, which is quite hefty. Quite frankly, it is. But let's let's be honest. If they're going to trade Jonathan Quick, they're going to have to eat half of that contract. They they have to. There's no way they're going to unless Seattle takes them in the expansion draft. They're going to be yeah, on the hook for two point nine million. Right? Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Right. Go ahead, I mean, Jonathan, yeah, yeah, Jonathan. Uh, as with all the how how well Cal Peterson's been playing, I mean, 
everyone says like, let's trade, let's try to trade quick, trying to get rid of quick's contract. And I'm not really on that train yet. I mean, I would like to see a full season of Cal and I'm not like, I'm not one to get rid of quick just because he's got high contract. I mean, he might not keep him around. He's got, he's got the ability to come through in tough games. Who knows? Maybe he'd be a playoff type goalie and Cal falls, falls off at that time. I mean, we all know how, how quick he performed in prime time. So maybe well, sure. come around a bit. Well, and that's just it, too. You want to keep him around as, A, a mentor for Peterson, right? Yeah, and absolutely. Kale Peterson has been fantastic, let's be honest. But let's say you trade off Jonathan Quick at the trade deadline. Number one, the Kings don't have anybody that's ready to come up to back him up, for starters. So they're going to have to go – I don't want to use the term dumpster diving to find a backup for him, but that's almost kind of what they'll have to do. They're going to have to get another reclamation project a la Jack Campbell, you know, that, that type of thing. But here's the other thing, too, and this is not a knock against Calvin Peterson. But what happens? They get rid of Jonathan Quick, and then next year, because let's for, let's not forget, they're going to be expected to make a playoff, at least make the playoffs next year, yeah. I would say. I think people are getting tired of waiting and waiting and waiting, okay? You get rid of Jonathan Quick, what happens if Cal Peterson turns into, say, uh, Tristan Jari, <laughs> who was outstanding for the Penguins last year? Okay, they got rid of Matt Murray. Martin, oh, we don't need you Martin anymore. Jones. Bye-bye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so and and not only that, going forward, I would I would almost guarantee you if they waited till at least next year, if they felt they had to trade them, they'd probably get more because there'd be less on that contract. Yeah, yeah it all and depends probably, about the salary too. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, I was just gonna say whatever deal that they make, they probably have to get uh, a goalie in return that could support Cal Peterson. You know, uh, there was a recent trade topic of you know casey de smith uh potentially coming over in the penguins uh, uh trade scenario and he's split the time in net with uh tristan jari this year as well so um i think you know the kings would have to get somebody back that oh they definitely have to there's no doubt serviceable you know absolutely and and don't forget something too if they're eating half that contract then Whoever they're getting back, it's not like they're getting a bargain. You have to add that to what they're going to have to eat on quick anyway. So yeah. take whoever salary they're getting back and add two point nine million to it, and then you got to ask yourself: Is that worth Jonathan Quick? In my opinion, anyway. My, uh... Um. Uh, and also, then with Quick, I'm, I mean, yes, I know they'd be. Um, I know the they'd be shedding salary. Um, you know, uh, and giving Peterson. Um, for all intents purposes of the number one spot. But at the same time, uh, Scott, what you mentioned, um, uh, um, I mean, personally, I'd rather not see Quick get moved uh, this season because, like, uh, and I mean, there's all due respect to uh, Casey Smith in, in, the situ- in, in, the, in the situation he does go to Pittsburgh or, or like, Troy Grossnake or even, like, Matt Falalt. Or Jay for Verbe, even. Um, no, no. Uh, 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 these guys just don't have have the same experience and lineage quick as. Uh, uh, um, no, no. Um, uh, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think you're yeah. right. You, you got to hang on to quick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, no, no. Uh, um, now, quick being the competitor is, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm sure he'd rather be like like the sole number one guy, but, but at the same time, it's like, if I, I mean, if any, if any goaltender is going to teach uh, Cal Peterson the tricks of the trade moving forward, uh, I can't see anyone other than John the quick doing that. No way. No way. Yeah. And you know what? Not for nothing. The NHL is a two goalie league. Yeah, it is. Yeah, for the most part, other than Vasilevsky or Connor Hallibuck, the two that use that top out or off the top of my head, the days of the workhorse goalie are really over, to be honest yeah. with you. You know, you, you've uh, got to have a tandem that can do at least a 60-40 split. Uh, uh, yeah, because like Glenn Hall's 502 strike games, no one's ever going to come no. near that again. So, <laughs> well, you know, like Grant Fuhrer playing 75 games in the 87-88 season for the Oilers. You'll never, yeah, never see right. anything like that again. You know? No, you won't. Yeah. All right, so moving right along. By the way, Jonathan, quick, we love you, so I think we all want you to stay. Yeah, right. That's topic another day. Yes, it was yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So the defense corps looked really good last night, and they got a huge boost with the return of Matt Roy. 
There is an article up on Rink Royalty called Matt Roy Talks Challenges and the Concussion Recovery. With Sean Walker on his way back and the emergence of Austin Strand, who we're probably going to get to in a minute. Is this Kings defense finally settled, guys? They look the part, I would say. Uh, and, you know, it's surprisingly, it's been Austin Strand that's kind of settled this group on the, yeah. on the third pairing or second pairing. Wherever he's played, you know, uh, I posted that video last night on the, the main account of um, him skating the puck backwards and trying to find Adrian Kempe in front of the net. And that's just kind of like eye-opening for me to watch him do that. Because, uh, you know, to me, you know, you, you hear Austin Strand and it's not a, a guy you think to be an impact player, but that's exactly what he's become for the LA Kings. Yeah, right uh, out of nowhere, too. I, I don't know. Um, uh, I, cause I remember Strand was in junior. I, I spoke to his, his uh, coach for the Seattle Thunderbirds. I met her dead a few times. And uh, 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 um, <laughs> no, and he told me like more or less is, uh, like Strand's like progression in junior from like like sophomore to junior, if you will, was like remarkable because because uh, you look back on that, it, it, I mean, in hindsight, it's really uh, hard to believe that at like at like someone of Strand's skill, especially someone of his six foot four, like like two plus pound frame, uh, could go undrafted. But you know, here we are, and it's I'm not complaining, but it's, <laughs> it's really something to think yeah. about. And you know the thing too to remember is he's a right shot defenseman, and that's that's like yeah. gold in the NHL. I know. And if there's one thing that the Kings are so good at is finding those undrafted free agents. I mean, yeah. look how many are up and down the roster right now. You know, <clears throat> and Tobias Bjornfoot, he's come in. He's played what now five games total in his NHL career. Yeah, he's been outstanding. Uh, he's kind of settled down that defense as well, you know, obviously with Roy and uh, Sean Walker out of the lineup in the same game, the Kings were scrambling for bodies um, and they looked the part, you know, with Curtis McDermott taking second pairing minutes, you know, we love you Curtis, but uh, we can't have you there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yeah, if you, yeah. If you had told me Austin Strand was getting big minutes with the Kings, I'd be, I'd be kind of worried at the beginning of the year, but I mean, like you said, his skating ability has been very impressive. Um, to be playing with Ole Mata too, yeah, I was kind of worried about that third pairing the first time I saw that. I mean, especially with the way Mata had been playing. So you get Strand coming in with that. It's that was a little disheartening at first, but now that he's been playing. He's been playing really well, and Ole has been picking up his game. And now you see the defensive core starting to establish his game a little bit, especially with the turn of Matt Roy. You're kind of thinking. Well, what do we do now when Sean Walker comes back? Or what do we we got Kale Clegg still waiting in the wings? And then, yeah, it's, where does everyone fit at this point going forward? But the way they're playing now, I mean, I just don't see how you can mix anything up. Uh, well, 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 and also just prior to the game yesterday, I I saw the lineups and I noticed Kale Clegg was out, and people saying, "Oh, well, he's he's not very is, uh, not all, but some people were saying, oh, well, he's not very good." Um, you know what? Um, I don't think that move was. Was so much a detriment to Clegg. I, I think that move was more uh, 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 was more testament to the Kings' defensive core as a whole. To be honest, well, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, you got to start rotating guys in and out to get them some playing time too. Yeah, you know, there, there's only six spots that you can play in a game, right? Sure. So, and to get guys like Tobias Bjorn for some playing time, <clears throat> Austin Strand wasn't really supposed to be there. I mean, they weren't expecting him to be there. So now you got to get him some minutes. So it's going to be kind of a musical chairs kind of thing. But, you know, who is it that just referenced Ali Mata? He's actually uh, looking better. Yeah. Russell, yeah. I mean, I mean since, since he, he got his benching. Yeah, we got yeah. – it was such high praise with him and Dowdy coming in. You were kind of like – and then, oh, well, okay, we'll see. Let's see what Dowdy can bring back or let's with Mata. And and then after those first couple of games, you're thinking, oh, well, we kind of lost that trade. But um, <laughs> now now that uh, the last – his pairing with Strand has looked strong. It's, it's really strong. I mean, like I posted this earlier – Morning on Twitter that his Corsi four percentage is like one of the highest on the team, and then his expected goal rate for last night was great. It was like over eighty. So that's exactly what we kind of want. And I think Oli Mata was kind of playing in the wrong position with Dowdy and kind of doing a little too much. And now that he's kind of settled down on a third pair, he's been looking comfortable, and it's been very well for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, and you know that that pairing with Drew is a tough call anyway. 
It is. And I mean, Mata, Mata played uh, in the third, second and third pairing with the Blackhawks last year. So I know that he played uh, first pairing with uh, Chris Letang early in his career, but I don't know if that's necessarily the best spot for him these days. He's obviously settled in down at the third pairing uh, with Austin Strand. And yeah, he had the ton of praise and all the talk that, uh, you know, he and Drew Doughty uh, think the same, you know, coming into camp and uh, you think everything's going to be settled, but then he gets benched for four games and uh, seems like he's yeah. right at the ship now. Yeah. You know, I got to tell you guys, I love Drew Doughty. I do. But doesn't he always seem to tease us? Because if you think about it, right? Yeah. Says he loves playing with B. Armstrong. Then B. Armstrong gets sent down to Ontario. Mata comes in. Man, this guy is great. He's going to be my partner. I can't wait. Didn't work out too good. Now, Mikey Anderson, the best thing that's ever happened to me. This is great. I can't wait to play with him. And, and Mikey's doing a lot better, but he struggled a little bit at first, right? So, <laughs> I mean, you got to love Drew trying to, to build up his partner. That's that's exactly what a great teammate and a leader does, right? But I, I kind of tend to th- take a little grain of salt now. So, <laughs> well, Drew's looked really great. He's looked really solid over the last you know four or five games. He's really picked it up after catching a lot of flack. Uh, the past couple of years, you know, he's looked solid. I, he's got uh, 12 points in 14 games. So, yeah, he, he really so. has turned it around, no doubt about it. And I think he's one of those guys that really has taken it to heart hearing, hearing that. And, and to his, you know, much, much to his credit, he's turned it into a positive. Because there's not all players can take that criticism and turn it around like that. Some of them, it really just knocks them down. It doesn't, they don't get back up from it. Yeah. Well, speaking of not getting back up, you know, it's kind of a touchy subject, but what did you guys think about his uh, check slash uh, boarding on Fiala last night? (laughs) I I think he got away with one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I had a lot of people uh, um, chirping back at at the video I posted of that that hit. (laughs) Um, You know what surprised me more is that the Wild didn't answer that. I understand why it was done. I don't think it was altogether necessary uh but at the same time it's uh no no i it's like Scott said you know what he got away with it so you know no complaints yeah. they play each other a lot more so i'm sure there'll be some revenge yeah. somewhere they, they do and you know it's really true what uh some of the players said about you know playing these teams that all the time you're going to really start to develop some bad blood and stuff uh, i Absolutely. found myself watching the game last night and i'm like i am so tired of playing the wild <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, well, no, no, uh, uh, it's funny you mentioned that because, like, uh, tomorrow, uh, we're in Glendale, and it's funny because, like, um, because I was thinking, okay, how many times is this? Oh, wait, this is the first time we're playing the Coyotes this season. I mean, we've seen Minnesota, what, six times, five times, five times now, yeah, yeah, yeah five times. Game on Saturday, yeah, yep. that's right. You know, I never thought I'd hear myself saying this, but I missed the Ducks, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, Crazy, huh? I hope we come out with a little more gusto than the last performance. Oh, yeah, right. kept, kept waiting for them to make the turn, but they just never did in that game. And they were, they looked good in those reverse retros, but they played horrific. Yeah, okay, we yeah don't, they definitely played them like 1983. It was, we don't have the uh, 2C anymore. The reverse retros may, may have been part of the issue. Uh, uh, maybe they saw themselves, they admired themselves too much, and they just yeah. uh, the game got away from them. Yeah, Russell, Russell, you had a great point. You know, Amadio was playing at the 2C for that game. Yeah, Yeah, and and that's that's the other thing, too. You know, as a matter of fact, why don't we transition right into the next one? Because that kind of fits right along what we were going to talk about. Sure. So the bottom six looked great last night, especially with the Grunstrom, your boy Jad line, or more line, sorry. Jared Anderson Dolan looks like uh, he's here to stay, boys. Uh, Ryan, you wrote an article called Jed Gets Ringing Endorsement from Kopitar. And I know you want to talk about him. I do. I can't say well, enough about Jed. Yeah, I mean, I didn't – the same with Austin Strand. I didn't expect the same kind of impact that Jared Anderson Dolan has had on this club, you know. Uh, watching him in his first few games, that element of speed, I didn't quite know that was part of his game. Um, but even last night, you know, carrying that puck up uh, along the right side and finding – uh, Trevor Moore on that backhanded pass, I was just like, holy smokes, you know, this is a player that can be part of the core for the next several years. No doubt about it. No doubt. You know, even Gabe yeah, Polardi start to look more comfortable too. He has yeah, been with Carter. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, just Josh, for a few I mean, games he's definitely, he's definitely uh, surprised me. I mean, but if you think about it, 
you think about all these i mean we say what hashtag play the kids all the time and jod is one of those kids but we, when we think about our prospects in the system we don't we think about the calories as we think about byfield we think about turcotte all how high drafted they were i mean we kind of forget jod was a second round pick and he was a pretty high second round pick and yeah. he's actually play, he's been playing really well five points in five games he's he's got so a lot of people taking notice around on twitter i mean People and you always hear people saying, "Oh, he's not a top six winger," and we've been playing really well, and I think he's been fitting really well with Grundstrom and more. And you can't really take uh, a lot of praise for Jod and not praise uh, Moore as well. Moore's been playing really well. That yeah, element of absolutely. speed on that line has been very, very exciting to see. And it seems like every time they're on the ice, they are able to make something happen. You got Grundstrom with the like kind of grungy game he's got the nickname tonka just hitting people everywhere and then you got john now the setup man and more just skating all over the place it's that's a line that should stick together and i kind of hope it sticks together for the rest of the season and that's the best thing apart about jerry anderson dolan is he doesn't have to be part of the top six for this to be a successful draft pick that's just how deep the la king's prospect pool is you know obviously we're going to have byfield turcott all of these guys coming up within the next couple of years or hopefully sooner. We'll see what happens um, down in Ontario. And I know they're playing right now uh, while we're recording this, but, um, you know, Anderson Dolan has looked really, really good early on. And, yeah, as uh, Russell said, he's back-to-back multi-point games. And, you know, hopefully this line keeps it up because and, – and I know it's a very, very small sample size, and it might be a little wishful thinking, but – I would love to see this line develop into what like the Islanders have with their fourth line, uh, Casey Sezikis, Cal right. Clutterbuck, Matt Martin. That I mean, almost even if they turn into like a poor man's version of them, that'd be outstanding because that line is dynamite for the Islanders. It's been like and the best with the, Island, line the Islanders, the they, they can roll four lines. So, I, I'm sorry, I, I cut you off. <laughs> no, it's okay. So yeah, if, if they if they can develop into that. It's golden right there, and it and it's worth every bit of the draft picks. Because don't forget, Grossman was a second round pick too. That's right, he was. And honestly, I can't remember where Trevor Moore was drafted, but I want to say he was in one of the higher rounds as well. But it just goes to prove that you don't necessarily, you know, your first, your second round picks. Yeah, of course you wanted to pan out to be top six players on on the forward end. You wanted to be top four defensemen. They don't always have to do that though to be a successful draft pick. I mean, no, Trevor they don't. was a first-round draft pick. Look what he did for the Kings. <laughs> uh, uh, Scott, just to point out, uh, Trevor Moore was undrafted, actually. Was he really? Okay. He well, I got my Trevors mixed up. <laughs> well, it's just a further testament to the LA Kings scouting department of uh, plucking him out of the Maple Leaf system. You know, he didn't really get a fair shake in Toronto. I know he played like 27, 25 games in uh, two seasons or whatever, but I'm sure he was buried on the fourth line over there. Yeah. Um, but you know, his, his speed, his aggressiveness, uh, and complemented with, uh, Jared Anderson's Dolan's, um, I guess, emergence, if you want to call it that has really powered what, uh, started as a fourth line and now into a prominent third line for the LA Kings. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, I was going to say, going back a bit to like, uh, and not only Austin Strand, but like um, like Matt Roy and all them uh, on the defense. Uh, um, yeah, the Kings management and the scouting staff even deserve praise. Uh, 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 but for the defenseman, um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you'd be very remiss without giving acknowledgement uh, to uh, to their defensive uh, development coach Sean O'Donnell. Uh, uh, no, 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 uh, no, but, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because the defensemen I've spoken to and the coaches I've spoken to, uh, 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 no, no, uh, uh, no, no, uh, uh, I mean, so many of them had nothing but the greatest thing to say about OD. So, yeah, oh, yeah. that's a good point as well. And, you know, that's the nice thing about having those guys that have retired but stay around in the system, like OD, like Jared yeah. Stoll. See him on yeah. TV, but he's out there helping with the young players. It's fantastic. Yeah. It really is. So, guys, we got actually, we have a Twitter question. Ooh. We do. And I was the very gonna... first episode, we got a first. We got our Twitter question. <laughs> this is amazing. So this one is from Dirty underscore Harry eighty one. I love that. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that I is wish awesome. I thought of something like that when I was making my name up, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, he wants to know how are you liking the young studs on the blue line of Bjornfor, Anderson, Clegg, and Strand? 
I think we've already kind of uh, covered that in depth, but you know, uh, um, plagues obviously down in Ontario right now, and um, they could certainly use the help along the blue line. But um, we've kind of touched on Bjornfoot, uh, Anderson, and Strand. You know, their impact on the club just kind of steadying this defense that couldn't quite find their footing um, in the early goings of the season. Yeah, and that, and that's just it. And you know. But originally, the plan was supposed to have been it was like Clegg and Bjornfort were supposed to be rotating around with each other back and forth between LA and Ontario, anyways. But yeah. you know, it's like we talked about earlier. I mean, Strand has thrown a wonderful monkey wrench into the plans so far. It's not about that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, so far. I mean, the league is eventually going to adjust him. He's going to have to adjust back to it. So we'll we'll see what sure. happens. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, uh, I was just saying real quick. Overall, like, like, um, I, I mean, on the one hand, I'd give the uh, um, young studs on defense an A plus, but at the same time, um, realistically, I don't want to put the car for the horse. I, I mean, I mean, I mean, we are only a handful of games in, so right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But so far, so good. But you know, that's the thing. You know, with a season like this, what you want to see is improvement, even if they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, as long yeah. as you're seeing the teams taking steps forward, that's the important thing. Hundred percent. I think that's why we get so excited about small sample sizes because the last few <laughs> years just haven't been that great. Yeah, because the big sample size has really not been fun at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's nice to see you know some of these uh, names that can stick around potentially for quite a while. You know, step in and contribute right away. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what you said, Scott. Uh, uh, I remember saying that a few weeks ago after. Kings lost to Colorado. I was uh, uh, no, no. I, actually, my wife and I were talking about it, and uh, and we basically said it's like, okay, you know what? Um, um, yeah, ideally, you want the Kings to get points uh, in every game, but like, but like, if there's a situation uh, where they lose in regulation, uh, uh, no, no. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, more or less. Above all else, uh, uh, you want the effort to be there. Uh, no, no, uh, and that's what I felt about that. First Colorado loss. Uh, they lost in regulation, uh, 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 but um, and especially a team of the Avalanche caliber. Uh, 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 LA, when I remember, uh, uh, you know, played a very solid sixty minutes, and you know what? No points, too bad. But overall, I was very happy with it. So yeah, yeah. and that's kind of the funny thing about the Kings, isn't it? I mean, they play yeah. a team like Colorado. They play their hearts out. Yeah, they, they play like Anaheim, who's at the bottom with them, and they just bottom out you know yeah that's right <laughs> it's just so strange so yeah. i want to finish this up by talking about a, a very popular hashtag that's to do with the kings right now uh it's or in a form of this uh hashtag let the kids play so they're obviously doing that getting kids like jad up uh bjorn fought up and all that but they're going to have a decision they got to make and it's got to do with quentin byfield and arthur Kaliev. so right now they're on ontario and with it looks like the Ontario Hockey League is going to try to have a season, albeit only a 24-game season, but the season nonetheless. So if that does indeed happen, the Kings are going to have to decide to bring Byfield and Kaliev up to the big club or send them back down to the OHL. Uh, I got to tell you, I personally think that it would be much better for their overall development if they were to come up to the Kings. And I know they would have to burn a year off their entry-level contract. I understand all that. But in my eyes, sending them down to lesser competition, especially now that they've been playing at the AHL level, it's the potential to set them back in their development. Even if it's a half step, it's still a half step, right? Because there's a saying in hockey that you get better by playing better players. So sending them down to Ontario to play lesser competition – yeah, it's going to give them the nice numbers, but does it really do anything for them? Yeah. Uh, 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 no, no, no uh, yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot too, Scott, and I agree with you. And no, no, uh, you know, and even under the circumstance of just a twenty-four game season, uh, I feel like, like, uh, um, uh, um, yeah, now that Byfield and Kelly have gotten their feet wet, if you will, at the pro level, um. Uh, uh, no, no, uh, 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 because remember that uh, this was supposed to be a transitional year for the Kings anyway. If they if they make the playoffs, uh, wonderful. But like, uh, 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 but there are a lot of, lot of shades of gray in there. So, um, uh, 
yeah, it's going to what you said, Scott. It's like uh, I was like, uh, yeah, they'd be they'd be burning a year off their entry level deal, but but at the same time, you know what? Um, um, uh, um, you know they're having their test in Ontario, and I think uh, and I think the, the only way to go is. Uh, is to LA where they get a bit of a test. It doesn't mean they have to play like 20, 25 uh, minutes a night, uh, 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 but well, just like, yeah, just get the NHL level, get a feel for it. Well, especially if the Jad line keeps uh, clicking like they are, you can move them up to the third line, really. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and let Byfield and Calia play fourth line minutes just to get their feet wet. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really don't see what's wrong with that. Russell, what do you think? Yeah, I'm not a big. I'm I'm not the biggest proponent on maybe burning. Like I know I know uh, DBO from fourth period always says burn, maybe burn on that entry level <laughs> deal, but I'm not I'm not entirely sold on that. I mean, as I, I'd love to see Byfield definitely get a couple of games in um, toward the end of the year, but right now, I mean, where, where are you going to place him? Maybe you replace him with Anderson, uh, Leas Anderson, that is on the well, the fourth line now. Um, I don't know. It's, and then where are you going to put Kaliev? Where are you going to put I, – I think the next person up should be Kupari. I think he's definitely put in his time uh, last year. If he probably wasn't – if he didn't get hurt, he might have maybe even gotten a couple of games toward the end of the year. And he looked really good playing with uh, Tyler Madden in Ontario. So I think Kupari would be the first person up. As far as Byfield go, goes, you you watch some of the games that he played in Ontario, and you can tell he's definitely got those young legs. He looked a little clunky. I mean, skating around, he's he's a big kid. So, I mean, his first couple professional games in Ontario, it's going to be a little different for him. But let him get his feet wet in Ontario, get uh, get some games in, maybe get him up to the big uh, the big club uh, toward the end of the year. But right now, let him stay down there and let him uh, let him marinate down with the H or OHL. I'm sorry, AHL, and then get a little chemistry growing with Andy Kalia because who knows, bring him back up just like they did with Velarde and Firth last year, where they had them both come up at the same time. Then you have that chemistry already built, and then you see that chemistry succeed in the NHL. That's a great point. That's a fantastic point. Like I said, I'm not saying bring them up right away. You know, keep them at the AHL level as long as you possibly can. And then say, like, if the OHL decides they're going to start, let's say, March 1st, then you got to really think about it towards the end of the month. I mean, I know March 1st is a bit of an ambitious start date given the circumstances, but, you know, as an example, you know. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see where there would be a reason where the Kings would send them to the OHL, especially travel and just like they. I think they'd want to keep them around, uh, just close knit, so they can keep them training, keep them, give them that a uh, good practice and good development around here. Um, but it's going to come to a point where I mean, we see it like our that third line of Grunstrom, uh, Anderson, Dolan, and Moore is looking good, and we're, so you're, you're going to have to replace them. Maybe, maybe a Wagner, maybe Elias Anderson. Um, I don't know. You, there's not a lot of room right now with how well the Kings are playing, but we definitely got that depth. And it's going to come to a point where, where do you play these kids? And that's where uh, trades start happening and we start seeing where players start going. Well, Russell, that's you're kind of dabbling in it, but you know, I just want to ask a question to you guys. Has Michael Amadio played his last game in an LA Kings uniform? Um, no, no. Uh, uh, no uh, I mean, a personal note, I'm more – I'm more um, um, uh, 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 because I'm on the West End, of Toronto. I'm right next to Wasaga, so uh, so whenever Kings prospects were were playing the Steelheads, I'd go over and scout them. Uh, you know, I'm partial to Matteo uh, because he was the first player I ever scouted. Uh, uh, now, with that said, though, it's like um, it, it, yeah, I did have high high hopes for him. You know, I, I mean, because the bias, but also because because I knew he was a very good player, but um, uh, you know, unfortunately, I hate to say it. Uh, 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 um, uh, uh, no, no, um, I don't want to go as far as saying he's underwhelmed this season, uh, uh, uh but uh, uh, but he really hasn't been impressive this season. Um, whether it's the last game, um, I don't think so, I hope not, but at the same time. Um, I mean, the way things are going, at least I don't think his last game is is very far off, to be honest. Yeah, it's not long for the roster. And I mean, the other important element is this is Blake Lazad is probably back tomorrow, I would guess, yeah. tomorrow or uh, this weekend, you know, uh, depending on when he gets his sea legs, sea legs excuse me, um, under him. Um, 
but you know, I assume that he'll be at the fourth line center. I mean, you can't mess with the top three right now, right? right. Yeah, I yeah. personally, I don't well, think I'm not. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a hot take out there. I don't I don't think Blake Lazat should be playing over Mike Amadio. Mike Amadio actually has really good defensive metrics, and I think it was more just he being played in the wrong position. You can't have Amadio playing. I mean, we all saw it. Amadio with Carter was just not clicking, and then you put Austin Wagner up there. Who just looks like kind of like a Luis Mendoza, just skating all fast as he can until he gets to the boards. It's like, well, where's the chemistry on that line? It's that's kind of where I would thought. I think when when you put um, Mike Amadio on the fourth line, and that's kind of where he's always playing. He plays rather well, and so I for Leah for him to replace him on the fourth line, I think he'd be good to replace Leah Sanderson. Maybe put Leah back down to Ontario because I think I believe he's still waiver exempt. So give him more time to get chemistry with the young guns that he's probably going to be playing with going in the future. Give Amadio that fourth line center minutes, um, and then maybe play him with an Antonio when he comes back, and then give Wagner. Wagner's, Wagner's a tough one, but um, I think that as far as Amadio goes, I would like to see him back on the fourth line minutes because that's where he succeeds. Well, and you know that's the thing too. It's a good call with Blake Lazat because he's going to find out now, especially now they're starting to click. His minutes aren't going to be just handed to him anymore. He's going to really have to come out and earn him as much as I like the, the Skeeter. You know, it's it's starting to get to be a log jam. And insofar as Mike Amadio goes, I think he's going to be spending a lot of time on the taxi squad What with that said log jam. Um, but, you know, unless there's a wave of injuries, I don't see Mike Amadio coming back, unfortunately, for him. But I will say that I think that on another team, he could very well develop into like a, a Nick Dowd type. Remember how Nick Dowd was with the Kings? It's just the same situation, right? The Kings at that time, I think we're expecting too much out of him. Nick Dowd's a very good fourth-line center. Excellent. But at the time, the the Kings wanted him to actually, remember, try to even jump up to that second-line center. It's, the parallels are incredible between him and Nick, Nick Dowd. And look what Nick Dowd's doing in Washington now when he's healthy. Yeah, yeah now I don't mean seen. to interrupt you. There's a nice little arty party going on in Ontario right now. Or, <laughs> <laughs> uh, excuse me, Russell, who got the assist? Uh, it looks so, like it was on a five-on-three. I'm not sure who got the assist. Oh, okay. Kind of, all right. So why don't we do this? Since we're talking about an arty party, why don't we transition over to the segment called uh, the make it rain report? <laughs> we're going to talk about our Ontario rain real quick. Um, so they're kind of off to a rough start. <laughs> let's, let's just put it that way. They're, they're all four and one. Yeah. Um, there's been not a lot going right. Uh, you know, I know fingers are getting pointed at, at different guys. There's some I've seen some on Twitter saying, well, geez, you know, Byfield should be doing more. And this guy should listen. It's the AHL and these are young kids. OK, they're trying to make their way. Kapari has looked excellent. To yes. be perfectly honest with you, he has been a star. He, he really has. You know, and I think it was Russell that touched on it earlier with, he, with Madden. He's been dynamite. And yeah, you know, Madden only has two points. But he, every time you watch this kid play, he's all over the ice. Really, you yeah, know. I mean, did what five goals and five preseason games? I mean, obviously yeah. it's preseason, but still the the um, the potential is there. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, unfortunately, Alex Turk has been kind of soft or struggling too. Uh, yeah. You know, I, he's another one that's going to find his way. Right. Remember, he started the World Junior Championship slow. Absolutely. And then he just yeah. he turned it around. He did. You know, yeah, and he I. Did. Very strong finish. Unfortunately, got injured in that gold medal game, which kind of hampered his start to Ontario as well. And, you know, uh, injuries have kind of plagued him, even dating back to Wisconsin as well. So uh, just kind of unfortunate luck for him. But, yeah, I would like to see uh, Turcott, Byfield, you know, some of the bigger names really get going. So uh, get some wins for Ontario. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for anyone who really had any high expectations for Ontario to really actually succeed as far as the standings, I mean – I wasn't really on that boat. You put a bunch of young kids who haven't really played together together, and you kind of see what's going on. There's, they show some flash of skill, but there's not much chemistry going on. But they're good players, obviously. They'll build it up as they go along. The defense definitely has been hampered with Clay gone and Bjorn put up with the big club and now Strand gone. So now you got three starters that are all of a sudden gone with the, with the Kings. It's like, where do you go from there? I know Clay's playing with the team today, but he's been in and out of the lineup. But, yeah, as far as the whole – the whole group, it's they've been exciting to watch. Tyler Madden has definitely been impressive. I know he's been making a lot of Canucks fans weep, which has been a lot of <laughs> brought a lot of enthusiasm from uh, Kings fans. But 
as far as uh, the rest of the team goes, Sammy Fagamo, I'm I'm gonna be probably one of the highest guys in Fagamo. He just looks like he just he, he has that goal scorer look to him. He's he's always in the right place at the right time. He's not fast. He's he's not highly skilled, but he just you watch him in the World Juniors last year. He was the highest scoring player in the world player in the World Juniors. So he, he has that goal scorer's mentality. Um, Byfield, like I mentioned earlier, he's still got those young legs. So give him some time and. Now we see tonight, Cali uh, is scoring. and Just give him some more chemistry and they'll get going. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, it's nice to see Daniel Brickley doing a lot better this year. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. You know, there was an awful high expectations for that kid, too, when he was signed. And, you know, it's I know he had some other issues that he had to deal with, and he's he's got past them, and it's great to see him doing well. Now we just got to hope the goaltending gets a little better down there. That's all. Yeah, Valta's <laughs> made some pretty amazing things. I'll tell you that. That's, that's for sure. Excellent. Finally, it's good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're about at the end of our time. So what we're going to do? We're going to talk about the next two games. Uh, the Kings are going to be going out to the desert to play the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, the Coyotes are seven six and two for sixteen points. Um, you got a couple of young guns. Uh, Connor Garland six six goals, eight assists for fourteen points. Uh, Christian Dvorak second on that team in scoring seven goals, six assists, thirteen points. Uh, of course, their starter is former LA King uh, Darcy Kemper, who has a nice 2.26 goals against average with a 919 save percentage and five wins. What do you guys think? Are we going to be able to take these Coyotes out or what? Coyotes are better than I thought they would be this year. You know, if yeah. I'm being perfectly honest, you know, they're 7 6 and 2 right now. And the, you noted that Scott, the contributions that they're getting from uh, some of their guys. But, you know, the penalty kills are pretty much dead even. Uh, you know, with the Kings with the slight advantage and face-offs are pretty much right there as well. You know, uh, the Kings are getting a little bit more goals per game, but the Coyotes are allowing a little bit less per game. So, I mean, I think it's going to be uh, whoever makes the, the last mistake or the first mistake, you know, whichever comes first uh, in these in this two-game series. Yeah, the Coyotes are definitely an interesting team because, I mean, I'm probably a little higher on the Coyotes than most I. I think they actually have one of the best defensive cores, or one of the better defensive cores, I should say. Not to, um, I know the Golden Knights have everybody on that team, but I know I think the Coyotes' defensive core is actually really good. You look at Jacob Chikrin, if he can stay healthy, he's one of the better defenders in the league. You got Golagoski, Ekman Larson's had all those trade rumors going on, but he's still pretty solid. And that team is just, they have a hard time scoring. And I think if, if the Kings can play well defensively, I mean, now they got that solid defensive core. If they can really play well defensively, they should be able to take this game with how well Cal Peterson's been playing too. It shouldn't. It's should, I expect a low-scoring kind of series, um, but it should be still entertaining. I think the Kings maybe could take two. I think so, but I think you. Uh, I think you touched on it, Russell. There's one Coyote you really got to watch out for now. Uh, Chickren, Jacob Chickren's been excellent for him. I know. Um, um, uh, I mean, on the one hand, it's like, uh, go ahead, Russell. Say, I think the Kings can definitely get two points, like even three. Um, I mean, I'm not predicting them to to, to lose lose an OT, but like, um, but I really don't think they'll go pointless. Is what I'm saying. Uh, uh, but, um, but the Kings do seem to play better against the high high ranked team. So, in in that sense. I like the Kings' chances, uh, but at the same time, um, uh, going back on Ryan's, what Ryan said, uh, um, I, uh, you know, it, it, uh, I didn't know like the Coyotes were like as good as they were, um, um, you know, until I really saw the standings. I'm like, oh wow, they're actually like a viable team here. <laughs> um, I mean. I don't. This may not be a factor at all. Uh, 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 but like, um, um, you know, the Coyotes may be going to the season, and even now, just like kind of with the chip on their shoulder, because like, because you know, because like they've had a lot of like management issues in the off season, and you know, with the ownership issues since like, well, well, they don't have now, but but like, uh, it's, it's always I'm going on off the ice. It seems, and uh, I, I mean, I know if I were with the Coyotes, I'd say. Okay, you know what? No one's expecting us to do anything. Uh, uh, so you, kind of like us. How about we? Yeah, yeah. How about we just go out and shock everybody? So that that, that, that that's the kind of team uh, um, I think of when I think of the uh, the Coyotes. So 
Uh, yes, so the Kings definitely get two or three points, but like, uh, but, uh, but they also have their work cut out for them. Yeah, and Ryan, to your right. point, I think they also had his name is slipping my mind, but they had the controversial uh, draft pick that they, they picked. Yes. The, the stuff was leaked about him, and then they uh, gave up their rights to him immediately. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, and then that whole the training combine disaster, too. That didn't help. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about the yeah. combine. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, yeah. as long as we keep seeing improvement out of the team, that's all we can hope for, right? Well, progress progress, right? That's right. Absolutely. All right, so look, we're going to wrap this up. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? Um, Matt Roy to Beijing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we just got him back. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he's an Olympian. Right. That. He's, he's one of the best players on the team. But uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm like a Matt Roy Sam account pretty much. But he's definitely worth it. And it's glad to have him back. And look forward to an exciting series against Coyotes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, no, no. Uh, and also Matt Roy and J.A.D., their junior college coaches. Uh, uh, um, uh, the coaches were uh, former Kings. Matt Roy, uh, Gary Shuchuk at Michigan Tech, and and J.A.D. Yeah. Spokane with, uh, with, ironically, someone who wore 28, Adam Denmark. So uh, <laughs> yeah. there was really no point to that. I just wanted to throw that out. Yeah, oh, that's that's all right. connection. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, good. Gary Shuchuk, Shuchuk, a key yeah, tie Shuchuk. in the 1993 Stanley Cup final run. Awesome. Against Vancouver, yeah. That OT uh, yeah. All right. Well, guys, I think that's going to about do it for the uh, the first episode here of the Hockey Royalty Podcast. So we yeah. want to thank everybody out there for listening. So for Ryan Cowley, for Ryan Sykes, for Russell Morgan, I'm Scott Kinville. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week, and go Kings go. Go Kings Thanks, go. Guys. Have a good night, guys. <laughs>